This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. While they kept trying to create opportunities outside of special teams, because I think they were aware of, of the lack of success they were having pretty early on. And Pat Maroon spoke to the conversation that they had in the second intermission and it said, stay out of the penalty box, number one, because you know this team's going to capitalize on those opportunities. And number two, just continue to build off five on five. And we saw that initially when they came out because 49 seconds in is when Killer got that goal. And Alex Kalorn's an energizer when he feels good, when he feels successful in what he's doing, that, that radiates. A positive note here being that the assist on that goal for Alex Kalorn is Nick Perbix, who continues to show how well he's going to continue to settle into this team and whatever role John Cooper asked him to do. So if you guys heard the last episode of Pucks and Bolts, you heard Kaylee's corner that had great points that played into last night's game. And then we had Casey's keys really quick. And one of my keys being building off of the offensive defenseman benefit and if they were able to do that earlier on in the game, I think that would have helped contribute to five on five that much more and maybe lessen some of those power play opportunities that came about with tripping and slashing calls that were extremely unfortunate. And, um, you know, seeing Nick Perbix being able to get another point in a game after getting his first NHL goal this past weekend, you know, if there was if there was one bright spot in all of this, it was Alex Kalorn giving him so much credit and just saying how much composure he has back there, how well him and Mikhail Sergachev are working together. So opening up the third period, there was hope because of Killer and Nick Perbix. Mm-hmm. And I say all of this to say back to Pat Maroon's point when all of the lines get involved, there's opportunity there. And it's the fact that even on power play, that top unit for the power play unit, they're heavily relying on them to get it done. And we said this on the first couple of Pucks and Bolts episodes. It can't be the stammer one-timer that gets the job done. There's got to be somebody else on the power play that can help here. And, you know, that's where they're missing any kind of style of play from Anthony Sorelli. Kaylee, you've mentioned that a number of times here. So, You can't wait for Sorelli to get back into the lineup to have success, and you can't put it all on the Stammer one-timer. So when you see guys like Alex Kaloran, and you know, I'm—I don't think Perbix is on any sort of power play unit as of right now, but any other guys like Mikhail Sergachev, he's had power play success. A lot of people need to step up across the board in five-on-five as well as special teams, and it'll help tremendously. Something else that we talked about on the last episode is. What happens? How do odd man rushes come about a lot of the time? Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the faceoff circle. While they led successfully in faceoffs most of the night, um, the big one being neutral zone. They that's where they had the shortest percentage of everything. It was one player. It was <laughs> Steven Samkos that was the only player that won a faceoff in the neutral zone. And I'm pretty sure there was about eight neutral zone faceoffs. So. Yeah. Think of the high scoring team that this is. Think of them having one of the two of the best skaters in the league. And when you lose in a specific part of the ice and you know what that's going to set up and take it back to the practice that they had the day before the game, they worked on odd man rushes three to two for the first chunk of practice. And then they worked on neutral zone. Steven Samco said it. They sat there working on plays, formulating new plays of how to be successful in the neutral zone. And that's kind of where they fell short yet again. So I'm sure that's a lot of what practice is going to look like today. Uh, A lot of special Mm -hmm. teams work and back to that neutral zone and finding formations. You saw them orchestrating some of those new formations that they installed in practice the day before, which was really cool to see, actually. Um, It's the sticking with it. 
And that was something else that, that Pat said in terms of, you know, their five on five was doing well, but it's sticking with it and it's having other lines get involved. And if we're still waiting for chemistry to come about with the fourth line and potentially the third line, it's now just the timing game. But luckily, hockey's all about peaking at the right time. And they've got a few more games here to figure it out. But they're just they're so close. Um, still a lot of good, but the face offs have to be across the board, especially in neutral zone, especially minimizing those odd man rushes that they know kill them. And, you know, not that injury or shorthanded goals is an excuse, but all of that aside, they have to be able to bounce back and reset after, you know, tough moments. Certainly. And, and Pucks and Bolts fans, Casey and I are just being hard on this team. Uh, that sounds like we're being too harsh. It's it, it it's just because we know that this is a veteran group and and mm -hmm. they're hard on themselves and they know that they can improve and be better and there's a lot of really good areas of their play. Um, and Casey mentioned it kind of off the top. Their five on five play, it's 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 been great. You know, mm -hmm. last night they played well five on five. That wasn't the problem. That wasn't the issue. There 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 aren't questions. Uh, of five on five because you look at all the goals that were scored for the Oilers, none of them were scored five on five. So this team is defending well five on five. They're getting good looks five on five. They're getting, again, they only had six shots on goal during the power plays, but they outshot the Oilers. So they got a lot of shots on goal five on five. They're playing well five on five. And that's why Pat Maroon said, where we lost this game is special teams. And and Casey, like you said, it, it was a little bit disappointing to see that even though early on in that third period, they were able to get some motivation, able to get some things going with the goal from Alex Kalorn, with some excitement there, really starting off the third, refreshing and going in, new third period, uh, start everything over. Um, but that even that wasn't, they weren't able to continue to capitalize on what was going on there within that third period um, and, and within what was happening in the third period, they actually didn't have most of the, the penalties that they did have were in the first and second period that they weren't yeah. able to take advantage of. So the third period was mostly five on five and they did get a decent amount of shots in uh, when you're looking at how many shots they got 15 to the Oilers, just 10 in the third period, but just not able uh, to, to really capitalize on some of those shots there mm -hmm. uh, aside from that one from Alex Kalorn, which again, happy to see Alex Kalorn continue to be in the scoring column. Happy to yes. see Nick Kerbix. Uh, so Casey, maybe that leads yeah. us to, a positive point. Maybe we got to do our cherry pickers. Yes, 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 yes. On one other quick note too, um, I forgot to even consider it. We've talked a lot about defense on here, Kaylee. Mm -hmm. Something for fans to keep in mind and, and pay attention to. We know that the past two games before the Oilers, there was um, two healthy scratches in Myers and Foot. Yes. Foot continued to be a healthy scratch last night. Myers ended up being on the ice. I point that out because Coach Cooper is trying to figure out who can be accountable defensively and be able to have guys in there that he doesn't have to worry about creating turnovers. Turnovers in the D zone is where they struggled the most. So while they didn't specifically have a bunch of turnovers in the D zone, a lot of it was, you know, neutral zone issues for the guys. Um, 
it's interesting to see how that battle or that competition is going to continue to fare out. And when you have a guy like Nick Herbix coming in fresh again, Nick's not young. He did the college route. So he's 24 and mature and all the good things that we've been saying about him, but to have a guy like Herbix come in and start doing so well and being able to contribute game by game. I mean, Again, collected another point last night. If he continues to do that and he collects a point on Friday and collects a point on Sunday, this this defense is going to look different. And they're probably going to mm-hmm. just go with six and and call it because we've got to remember, Bogosian is going to be coming back shortly. He, in practice the other day, was in a blue jersey, not a red jersey. So that was a big switch up. And um, practicing, feeling good. Coach Cooper said they're not going to rush his timeline, but now that he's able to get those physical practices in, you know, they feel good about his return. So we might be seeing the weeding out of Myers and Foot, especially upon the the return of Bogosian and the successful trajectory of Nick Perbix. So I just wanted to point that out really quick. Um, and then good news, if we didn't get a chance to talk about it, Zach Bogosian in a blue jersey, couple practices now and trending in the right direction to return to the ice and his style of, of play and the veteran defenseman that he is, this team needs it. And I think it would be mm-hmm. that much more helpful for them to be successful in front of Vasilevsky or Moose um, down the stretch here. Yeah. A Bogo can be, he's, I'm not going to say he's exactly like uh, Ryan McDonough, but he can be a little bit more along those lines. He can be a little bit more structured. He's not he's not necessarily um, a headman or a Sergachev who who pushes as much into the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you need the balance of those defensemen. You need the balance of the defensemen. defensemen that are going to push forward and, and create opportunities uh, from the blue, blue line. But you also need defensemen who are going to play structured and be those reliable guys. And I think that Zach Bogosian has um, – he has the opportunity to do that. And if you remember, Zach Bogosian played with Victor Hedman because of that exact reason. He played a lot mm-hmm. with Hedy. It was him and, and Ruda that kind of switched off and forth um, yeah. during that first Stanley Cup run for the Lightning – um, and I really liked the way that Zach Bogosian played uh, after after there was a little bit of that time off from COVID coming into the bubble. Zach mm-hmm. Bogosian really played very, very well with Victor Hedman. So if you remember, guys, that that is that is an opportunity where we could see um, both of these guys continue to shine. But again, Casey, that's a, such a fantastic point and such a great point to think about and some really great news on the front of Zach Bogosian. But that does lead us into some more good news, which is our cherry picker. So uh, I'm going to let you go first if you already have your cherry picker ready. Oh, this Put is getting harder. <laughs> it is, is getting, getting harder. harder. For um, sure. Yeah, especially because when you see when you see the positives in the game, you want to just choose all all the goodies, all the good guys. Um, yes. You know, I, I have to go Brandon Hagel for a couple okay. of reasons. Um, as obvious as that might be, because he was the first goal for the Lightning last night. It was it was his response time. Number one, number two, it's just him in that top line. It's they are getting so rhythmic and I'm loving the bromance brewing between him, Kucherov and point. So if anybody caught it, it was Saturday's game, Kucherov's goal. After he celebrates, he does the phone call and points to a player on the opposing team. As soon as Hags got his goal last night, he with the utmost composure 
skates over to the boards, points to an Oilers player, and hits the phone call. So they're also becoming one of the swaggiest, <laughs> if that's even a word, one of the swaggiest first lines in the league. And that starts to translate. When you start yes. getting to the buzz of the season, the meat of the season, those lines that are just fun to watch, they really start producing. And this is a line who – they're just collecting points game after game after game after game after game. So, you know, Braden Point got a point last night. That's such a fun sentence to say. Um, <laughs> then you got Nikita Kucherov, you know, him and his chemistry with Hagel and being the direct assist on Hagel's goal. And then you've got Brandon Hagel, who's, if he's not scoring, he's assisting. If he's not assisting, he's scoring. So they're, the excitement just continues to build. Now you're seeing the bromance come into it. And when these players start getting into that bromance, you're going to see a whole different layer of play out of them. So it was just cool to see the phone call. Now that's going to register what I'm waiting to see is will Braden Point do it? Will he get on board with the call me beat me? And if he does that, then this this top line nobody can touch him. Um, but yeah, he's just him. His confidence, him getting more on this role. I mean, I think he was like top three or four of ice time last night, um, which just shows you the trust that is coming with how much he's producing on that top line. And if a guy like Nikita Kudrov trusts you without even looking up, without taking his eyes off the puck. That speaks volumes to me. Yes. So I'm just I'm I'm really excited for him because I know there was question marks when he came in at the end of last season. He was a little bit more on the quiet side. You saw some sparks of potential, but you weren't sure. And then now they just found the right recipe, the right formula, and it's him, Nikita Kucherov, and Braden Point. And you know, if it wasn't for him, who knows what the score would have been last night? Um, at least having that response time—that's specifically what stood out to me the most. And the fact that he's just collecting points, game after game after game, and he's playing with one of the best, best in the league, and he's doing great at it. So Brandon Hagel is uh, my cherry picker. Okay, well, I'm going to continue with the top line. My cherry picker for this game is going to be Braden Point. He had two assists, had two points um, in the game last night. He had an assist on both Killer's goal and mm -hmm. Brandon Hagel's goal. Um, and so really like to see the way that he played last night. He's a fast skater. Um, just the way that he moves on the ice is, is beautiful to see. I love it. Like he's just so smooth. Uh, if, if I have any basketball fans out there and you just see a guy like taking it up to the net and they're just so Braden point is that guy. He's, he's like butter on the ice. It's criminal. so, it's so, so smooth. Uh, and he was really great in the face-off circle as well. Casey, you mm -hmm. mentioned face-offs were, were plaguing this team last night. He was 11 for 15, almost 75% in the face-off circle. Um, so really tried to keep this team in it as much as possible. Um, and so for those reasons, the fact that he's able to start things, the fact that, I mean, when you have a guy who, who's showing up in the assist column, what that tells me is that he's, he's making plays, he's moving things around. Mm -hmm. Braden Point has studied the game with Nikita Kucherov. You'll see because yeah. they've played together so much, and we all know Nikita Kucherov sees this game in a very unique so and, and beautiful way. Um, his eye for hockey is probably one of the best um, mm -hmm. that exists out there. And Braden Point has studied with him. He sits down on the ice with him, looking at the iPad, looking at what things are going on. And he has learned extensively from Nikita Kucherov. And now 
You see Braden Point making some of those plays. You see Braden Point facilitating things in the way that we used to see Nikita Kucherov do it. And we still do see Nikita Kucherov mm -hmm. do it. But Braden Point has added that to his game uh, in a way that just elevates him so much. So for those reasons, the fact that he helped orchestrate both of those goals and the fact that he is uh, just a really solid player and so smooth. Um, he, he had the most points, uh, in last night's game. I, I do believe, uh, with those two points. Yes, that is true. Uh, he is my cherry picker for that game. I think that one's perfect. You can never count out Braden point. He's always contributing to, so that was, that's perfectly put Haley. And that just goes back to this first line and mm -hmm. they do. They have a lot of swag. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, as Pat Maroon said, it, it can't be uh it can't be the first line show. We know the first line is typically your strongest, flashiest, yep. fastest line. Um, but yeah, other lines have to get involved. And that kind of goes mm -hmm. back to you calling on Ross Colton, but I think yep. them learning how to set up Colton because coach made some good points about how he's starting to find his footing on power play units and, uh, the guys were asking him in the locker room practice the day before yesterday, you know, how do you how do you set up a guy like Ross Colton who has one of the heaviest shots on the team? And that was such an interesting perspective. And I was like, the heaviest shot. Mm -hmm. Well, if he has such a heavy shot, he's got to be set up in the right angle to make those shots mm -hmm. count. And it also depends on what goaltending he's going against. So I think that they're just going to find ways to set up these other players in, in a place of success on the ice, work on some other plays the guys do have practice today at noon and coach cooper did say yesterday after the game we've got a lot of practice ahead we got a lot of things to focus on in practice and you know that this team loves to thrive after quality time on the ice with one another so we will keep you posted on what they work on what the mood is like uh, how players turn the page and prepare for the washington capitals who uh, Kaylee and I, of course, will pre for you guys on here here on Pucks and Bolts. And they get a back-to-back -back dose of the Washington Capitals, right, Kaylee? They certainly do. They play on Friday, 11-11 this Friday, and then they will play them again on Sunday. Friday's game is away, mm. and then they will take them on Sunday at home. And, of course, we will be your eyes and ears for that home game. So be sure to follow along with us fans at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. That's Pucks, the word, and Bolts on Twitter. And you can find our podcast, Pucks and Bolts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but specifically, the Odyssey app, that's the place to go to get Pucks and Bolts. It's the best place to find the podcast. There's lots of extras and different things going on. So once you download the Odyssey app, find Pucks and Bolts. Turn on the auto download button so anytime we have a new episode, which is multiple times a week, you will get those new episodes right into your phone, right into your earbuds waiting for you to keep up with this lightning team, to stay up to date with the latest and greatest going on with this Tampa Bay lightning team. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can find her at the sports case. That's K-A-S-E. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you again on Friday to preview the Washington Capitals.